You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. This is your HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 15th. I'm Donald Ware, and that's, of course, Takeaway Tuesday here on the podcast. Um, had a chance to be on the conference call, the SWAT Coaches Conference call on Monday. I'll share some thoughts from the conference call. Also, as promised on yesterday, want to give you my thoughts on the Howard football situation. I mean, it's, you know, again, and not to belabor the point, it's probably the last time I'm going to talk about it, but again, uh, another loss by the Bison to Norfolk State. It was a nip-and-tuck affair uh, early on, and then ultimately Norfolk State just pulled away. Uh, Jawan Carter, an outstanding football game, in excess of 400 yards of total offense in the football game accounted for six touchdowns. He had 377 yards passing. He had four passing touchdowns, no interceptions, also two rushing touchdowns. He was one of our box to row national players of the week. Simply a phenomenal football game by um, Jawan Carter. But again, you know, Howard's defense, not good at all. And again, you have the, the situation which, I mean, it's probably a mute point by now. It's not going to change with respect to Kalen Newton. I think sort of where I sit on this is from this respect. It's interesting that um, you have a high-profile guy like a Kalen Newton, and, you know, clearly he and the coach did not get along. I mean, that's 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 pretty clear. He ultimately decided to transfer and a lot of times when these you know Howard's an interesting dynamic doesn't really put athletics first it's about that Howard brand first a case in point a couple of years ago I say a couple of years ago seemed like it may have been I don't know 2012 2013 some of the student athletes were using um, their their book voucher money for other items they were spending it on other things Uh, it came out and the university shut athletics down. So believe me, the the university very conscious of its brand. And I just find that kind of interesting. I think at the end of the day, um, what ultimately happens is if in, in, in you know obviously he's going to get a he's going to get a pass this year. Um, but moving forward, it's got to work out. Being able to recruit uh, the right kind of guys um, for uh, for coaches system. There at Howard for them to have success because when you essentially run a Kalen Newton out of town, um, you you better you better win. I mean, I I can you know you better win some football games, and so ultimately and obviously uh, we're going to see how that ultimately plays out. You know, let me look at a couple of the scores. Fort Valley State defeated Central State seventy-seven to thirty-four, and and it was an opportunity. The running back Saffold for Central State had 235 yards rushing 
and three touchdowns in the loss. So, you know, ultimately for him, um, it didn't, you know, it didn't work out the way that um, he, he would have liked. But I mean, still, I mean, that's, you know, that's a good football game from that young man. But when you look at this game, 77 points, um, I mean, uh, Fort Valley State had two uh, two touchdowns that were fumble recoveries. One was for 68 yards. One was for 67 yards. Uh, Jarman, you know, this kid, Slade Jarman, um, is the real deal. He was the Boxing Row National Player of the Week going back a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, this kid is absolutely getting it done. Um, so, you know, you look at what he was able to do from a passing perspective. They didn't necessarily run the football uh, very effectively, only 110 yards rushing. But Slade Jarman, 38 of 54, 482 yards, four, five touchdowns, and no interceptions could have easily been one of our Boxer Row National Players of the Week. He got it a couple of weeks ago. We like to spread the wealth here um, at Box to Row. But this young man is getting it done. By the way, Fort Valley State, after losing its first two ball games, has won four straight ball games and is looking to vie um, for that SIAC Eastern Division. So uh, watch out. I'm telling you, watch out uh, for Fort Valley State, who is playing extremely, extremely well. The other box to row National Player of the Week was um, Austin Hensley, the quarterback for West Virginia State, completed 28 of 38 passes, 414 yards, including the game winner um, with 15 seconds remaining. It was a 13-yard touchdown pass to Zach Pete as ultimately West Virginia State defeated Fairmont State 42-38. to West Virginia State got down early in this game, and they were down by a big margin, but stuck with it, came back, and Austin Hensley, go back to Austin Hensley, 2017. Austin Hensley gets hurt. He comes back in 2018, plays sparingly because West Virginia State already has a good quarterback. He comes back this year in 2019 and has been really been splendid, passing for an average of 272 yards per game, passing for an average of 200 and 72 yards per game. He is definitely getting it done. Um, West Virginia State, as mentioned, 5-1 and one now on the season. 5-0. and oh, The only loss for the Yellow Jackets, the only loss was to Southeast Missouri State, who is an FCS opponent. So you're talking about a West Virginia State team that is playing extremely well right now. I do realize that some of their the the Yellow Jackets' biggest games are in front of them. I mean, I get all of that. But, you know, again, this was a program that you go back maybe 10 years ago was, you know, pretty steady in that old WVIAC would generally finish middle of the pack. You go back now maybe five years ago and the program was bad, um, to be quite honest with you and quite frank with you. But now with uh, Coach Pennington, John Pennington, the head coach there was the offensive coordinator. Um, there for a couple of years. I mean, he's really, really turned that program around. Getting a little bit more in depth as far as the, as the Boxer Row National Game of the Week was concerned, Florida A&M defeated South Carolina State 
42-38, a big game. You talk about Florida A&M winning some big-time football games the last couple of weeks. They had to score late in the game to get the victory over North Carolina Central. They had to score late in this game with a minute, eight seconds remaining. Ryan Stanley found Kamari Young for 18 yards and the game-winning touchdown for Florida A&M. I, I think I said uh, to you, uh, when we previewed this game, that uh, for South Carolina State to win this football game, Tyrese Nick was going to have to have a good game. And uh, ultimately, he did not. Uh, you know, he he didn't have um, as good a game as South Carolina State would have needed him to have. I mean, he wasn't, you know, 6 of 17, 107 yards, no touchdowns. He threw one interception and rushed for 62 yards. If Nick is going to, have those kind of numbers passing, then he's got to have definitely in excess of 100 yards if South Carolina State um, has a shot of winning the football game. I think South Carolina State has a pretty good defense, but Ryan Stanley really cut through that South Carolina State defense. Sure, South Carolina State had two interceptions in the ball game. Stanley was 30 of 49 for 427 yards, three touchdowns in the ball game, didn't get sacked. Uh, in this game either and uh, so you look at Ryan Stanley I've been you know I've been saying Ryan Stanley an elite level quarterback (laughs) for quite some time and you know this year he's really playing like an elite level type of quarterback and um, he's gonna have to have a big football game against uh, North Carolina A&T you know the Aggies um, the plan for North Carolina A&T is going to be to stop the run. We already know that. And then so that means um, that Ryan Stanley is going to have to be big. He's going to have to cut down on the turnovers. Again, two interceptions um, in that ball game. But at the end of the day, he led the team to the game-winning drive and ultimately put up some solid numbers as Florida A&M won its uh, fifth straight football game. So Florida A&M is playing lights out right now. That's going to be a big-time showdown in Tallahassee. Expect to be a big crowd in Tallahassee when, uh, of course, Florida A&M and North Carolina A&T get together on Saturday. Uh, the The other really big game, was, of course, between Prairie View A&M and Southern, a big crowd, a decent crowd. Not a, not, not a, not a huge crowd, but a, a decent crowd in excess of 16,000. Saw Southern defeat Prairie View A&M 34 to, uh, to 28 in that football game. And really, um, you know, you know, I look at this, you know, I look at the game and I, you know, look at some of the numbers from the football game. Um, I think one of the things that Southern did well, um, they 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 played solid defense. Like Jalen Morton put up some decent numbers, 287 yards passing, uh, 17 to 31, one touchdown. But Southern also picked him off one time. He also ran for 133 yards uh, and one touchdown. But what Southern wanted to do in this football game and had success doing was stopping the running of Dewanya Tucker. 13 carries for 50 yards in this football game. I would say that the defense came up, even though you can look at the yardage in terms of what uh, Prairie View a and was able to put up, they wanted to stop Dewanya Tucker 
and the Jaguars, in fact, succeeded in doing that. Ladarius Skelton, um, he he had 85 yards rushing. It was just 11 of 24. It was 11 of 20 for just 96 yards, one touchdown. He also threw two picks, which shows that Southern's defense really came to play. The running attack of Southern is very good, led by Ben, who had 87 yards rushing and a touchdown in this football game. As a matter of fact, uh, Southern had four rushing touchdowns in that football game. Some other news and notes, Jackson State, the game, Jackson State, and Alabama State played, it was at in Jackson, in excess of 34,000 people. It was, it was homecoming uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, in excess of 34,000 people at that football game. Think about that. I mean, it was homecoming um, in excess. Now, and not a surprise. I mean, we, we talked about this in comparing MEAC and SWAC. Um, you know, it, it, when it comes to a, a really attendance, they're really, I mean, like there's really no comparison. I mean, 34,000 um, at Jackson State for Alabama State to come in. Now, Alabama State, you know, you, when you talk about rivalry folks for Jackson State, you're talking about uh, more so Alcorn State and, and you're talking about Southern and then uh, even Mississippi Valley State with both teams being um, not that far from each other. But again, in excess of, of 34,000 people at that football game. Alcorn State easily handled uh, Savannah State in its football game. You talk about homecoming. It was homecoming there uh, in Lorman, Mississippi as well. They had close to 18,000 at that football game, 42-17 to 17, Alcorn State over Savannah State. Felix Harper, the quarterback, 16-21 passes completed, 324 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions in the ball game. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Um, you know, unfortunately, and when a quarterback is hot, and you know, a lot of times you don't. You know, the the old adage is you don't lose your starting job to injury. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately for Noah Johnson, that's going to be the case this year again. I'll compare it one last time. And won't talk about it anymore, but I want to give you a, a note from the uh, the SWAC Media Day. Um, uh, when you look at 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 what happened to John Gibbs going back to 2015, when the Norris Footman came in, same type of situation here. Gibbs went down a more uh, not a more but a, maybe a more dynamic quarterback can do some things a little bit differently than maybe John Gibbs could with a little bit more flair, a little bit more flash. Um, same situation in this uh, in this situation. Harper's not a running guy like Noah Johnson can really run, but boy, can he pass the football and does it well. You know, in four games, he's passed for over 1,100 yards. He's had something like 16 touchdowns with zero interceptions. He's gonna make. He's gonna run up against a team. And he's going to make I mean, because Alcorn State has some tough games in front of it. Um, they have a bye week like most of the teams in the SWAC. They'll play Southern. That's going to be a big football game in two weeks. He may run up against a little bit of a buzzsaw in a more underrated Southern defense. But I'll tell you what, this kid is playing absolutely unbelievable. Uh, once again, uh, Fred McNair, the head coach, was asked about uh, this situation 
he, he continues to say that uh, Noah Johnson is day-to-day. Interestingly enough, Noah Johnson has been uh, sort of day-to-day for the last three or four weeks. I, mean, I just don't think Noah Johnson is going to see the field as long as Felix Harper continues to do what Felix Harper has done as long as he doesn't get injured but you always know that if that happens and you need to go to Noah Johnson that guy can play the game of football so it's an interesting dynamic um Alcorn State continues to roll I mean they just continue to roll a bye week and then ultimately the they're gonna play meaning the Braves uh are ultimately going to play Southern and that game is gonna take place in two weeks let's take a look uh, quickly at the box to row coaches and media polls um, for week seven of the HBCU football season. I mean, no surprise um, in both the coaches and the media polls, even though A&T was off North Carolina, A&T remains number one, remains unanimously number one with the coaches and the media in the coaches poll, Bethune Cookman, number two, Alcorn state, Number three, Florida A&M. Number four, Southern moves in to the top five. Six through ten looks like this. South Carolina State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Alabama State, Prairie View A&M, and Alabama A&M. In the media poll, Alcorn State and Bethune-Cookman flip-flop places from last week. So Alcorn State, number two, Bethune-Cookman, number three, Florida A&M, number four, South Carolina State, even though they lost uh, a spot still in the top five. Six through ten looks like this. Bowie State, by the way, the only undefeated team in HBCU football continues to win. They move up one spot from last week at number six. Southern seven, Pine Bluff eight, Prairie View AM nine, and Virginia Union finally moves into the top ten of the HBCU football media poll uh, as the number uh, ten team in all of HBCU football. So that's a look takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU football daily podcast on tomorrow. We're going to transition a little bit, get you set for week eight of the HBCU football season. Man, we got some big time football games coming up uh, this weekend. Some important games. Uh, again, as I mentioned, the SWAC teams are off. Most of them are off. Um, you know, Alabama A&M, Alabama State definitely off preparing uh, for that uh, Magic City Classic, which is going to take place, of course, uh, in two weeks. So don't forget to tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't keep it a secret. And uh, you can always download us, uh, download the podcast, and also listen on our website at BoxToRow.com. Talk with you tomorrow. I still express yo, I don't smoke weed or sex. Cause it's known to give a brother brain damage. And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing. But making a sucker and you equal. Don't be another sequel. Praise him.